Sumerian wastes, half a day south by southeast of Torch, stands a huge, pitted stone. Thirty feet tall and forty feet around, more likely buried in the dry, dry ground, the stone is pocked with a myriad of cracks, chips, and holes of varying depths. Wounds thousands of years old from when the fire and metal rained down from the sky that have smoothed some over time. Along the base of this monolith, one of the smaller, tan stones ripples slightly as the wind kicks up. We zoom in, and upon closer inspection, it reveals stakes in the ground. This stone isn't a stone at all, but a carefully disguised tarp that blends nearly perfectly into the stone behind it. There's a single piece of paper rolled up and pinned to the tarp on the backhand side. A message left for someone. The wind kicks up again. The note shifts, the paper rips slightly, and then rolls free. One more gust, and the message is carried away, off into the Numerian Wastes. This is Pot Against the Machine. Pot Against the Machine. Welcome back to Pod Against the Machine, the only actual play podcast where the horses are blobs and the dragons are the victims. I'm your host, Sam, and here's everybody. Uh, a dragon uh, was no victim. Hello. It was experimented on by a probably super evil guy. We still don't yeah. know that that dragon wasn't looking for some cool body mods. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a rebel yeah, we think dragon. it was Garton or his ilk, but it really could have just been. There could be a whole Claire's at the yeah, mall. There's a whole <laughs> underground like dragon kin, like I don't know. But they just go to Cybernetics Pagoda in the mall. It doesn't even have its own store. It's in the middle of the hallway. <laughs> oh my God. And in the piercing pagoda font, I'm very down for it. Next to the cell phone cases. Babbage's reborn. Is a mod place. That was actually the dragon's name was Babbage's. <laughs> That's where we have to go to get our like chip installed. One of us is going to get a serious infection after oh. it's done. <laughs> Numeria Spencer's. Oh yeah, you might get lock ear. It's like lock jaw, but worse. Anyway, good luck. You did make sure these implants were sterling silver, right? It has to be sterling silver. <laughs> Got that nickel allergy. From the dragon, actually. Well, when last we left the very capable four, they had a um, they had a fight with a dragon that actually went pretty well. Um, it almost killed Asher, but um, he was probably protected by some sort of divine power. And um, Vargas got huge, and Kira stabbed it with a sword, and Brixby shot a bunch of acid at it, and yeah, it went down eventually. And Asher shot it while it was right up in his face, biting his face. That's that's the important thing to remember. His face was in a dragon's mouth, and he was still shooting it. Um, but after that, they uh, lopped off its stinger, brought it back to the black horses, who considered the uh, blood debt paid for the time being, at least paid enough to allow you 
to continue on your journey. And that's where we find ourselves now on the second day as the day is starting to wane and you're riding up through the plains. Do we know, how far are we from, um, what was the name of that outpost, y'all? That would be Aldrinard's Grave. And that's, once you're there, you're basically at Scrabble. It's right across the water. So it's still a little more than two days away. Okay, cool. So we're going to want to set up camp then. Uh, Mm -hmm. Plenty of time to find flowers for Algernard. (laughs) Yes. I was trying to figure out how to make that joke, and I couldn't think of something. Glad someone did. Um, Well done. So, Sam, what's the landscape like? Are we, is it open, barren? Does it look like there'd be an advantageous place for us to make? I guess is that more of a survival check thing, I guess. I don't know caves I mean, it's pretty wide open here and you've got road basically coming off of the the bridge you use then that there's road running up towards the river but it's all plains here the lands are kind of bad so the, there's tall grass in places and some like bushes and things uh, but it's pretty wide open and there's you know some rocky outcropping so there's a little bit of shelter but not a ton all right well um Bricks will turn to the party, um, seeing the daylight fading, and say, We might want to think about setting up camp and uh, probably watches tonight. We don't know who else could be traveling down this road. The last thing we want to do is run into a technically patrol or some sort of creature. I suggest we maybe at a few hundred yards off of the road, camp out in the wilderness and keep a watch. Yeah, I mean, if there's literally anything we can obscure ourselves with, I'm super down to use it. But if it's just like... Yeah, I'm sure you can find like some rocks and things. Agreed. Yeah, then I think that's what we would head to unless anybody else had any issues with that plan. No. I mean, Kingsley's going to take at least one watch, which is good. Uh... (laughs) That's true. And Nathan. I was going to say Fire Kingsley Day. And Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> He'll volunteer now. I think they're, they're, he's at least halfway to combat trained. We can talk about it off air, but I think that's how it works. You just stand up. You have a wyvern on your back. Uh, actual roll of survival check, though, just to kind of maybe aid the natural facade of their camp to maybe help it be a little less obvious mechanically for a perception and i don't think i've ever rolled a double digit survival check on the pod that continues with a total of 11 uh, you can make that a 13 if you want vargas aids with uh his roll that maybe should have been its own roll because it's a 14 Ooh, yeah i just rolled a 17 but you can have those too <laughs> that's how it works yeah you, just... you got a 15 hey look at that well, with, you know, the sort of teamwork to make the dream work, you find a nice uh, spot to bed down a couple hundred yards away from the, the road. Any particular order you're setting watches in? I think Bricks will go first, and I think we probably have to rest closer to 10, 11 hours or so to make sure people get their eights for their spells and abilities and things, and we all, yeah. So I think Bricks will go first. Um, and he'll also, again, express to Vargas uh, and that he can, you know, use his book while he's asleep um, 
and copy you know something down um and i think he'll probably spend at least an hour of his watch scribing a scroll yeah so vargas will hand him his book which like i said before it looks very old wood covers parchment pages and he'll point out the spells that he knows and he'll translate it from Osiriani into common and say like this is what this one is this is what this one is because he figures if you know the word you should be able to look at the rest of what's written and figure out enough absolutely so yeah uh, I misspoke not scribe scroll uh, copy a spell over because he's going to use Vargas's book too um, the spell I'm going to copy over tonight is in large person uh, mm-hmm. and it's an automatic pass for me okay all right. Uh, why don't you roll me a perception check for your watch? All right. Rolling a fourteen for a twenty-three. Unless it's a high-tech or mechanical <laughs> danger. Well, it seems pretty quiet. Kind of a cool night. A little windy, but it doesn't seem like there's much of anything going on. A couple hours of Brixby's watch pass by. Uh, who's up next? I think maybe Vargas would take the next one so they can swap books as Brixby goes off to sleep and Vargas over the course of his watch if he's up how long would you say the watch is like two hours three hours before swapping out pushing three hours I think all math is hard well that would be enough time then if he wanted to oh actually no that one spell isn't the level I thought it was Uh, so he would actually only need two hours to copy over acid arrow so he'll do that while he's on his watch, and like Brixby, if I take 10, I auto-pass. So should he roll his uh, perception? Yeah, if you want to roll me a perception. Uh, that is a 14. Okay, um, with a 14, and once again, things seem pretty quiet. Um, at one point, this weird, it almost looks like a, a hedge, uh, like a tangle of vines floats through the air and it just floats on by like a like a flying thing that you know, looks like a weird flying plant jellyfish but uh, I think he just kind of looks at it and shrugs and goes back to scribing the book <laughs> okay it's Numeria there's things like that here <laughs> alright and uh <laughs> who's up next jumping in we can edit this out are we planning to have a day at all because uh I need to craft eventually more ammo. It says it takes a day. Now, I'm fine with taking a fatigued condition and Asher just crafting ammo this whole time, kind of overnight, if that works for you. Uh, Or if we need to actually stop and take a day. Uh, We were cash tight the last time I crafted ammo, so I didn't craft a ton down to 18 regular bullets and 28 adamantine. I, I bought materials for crafting when I bought my bought the wand and the bandolier I just haven't had the mechanical time and since we decided not to go the cart route it's like <laughs> dope uh, I don't think I can realistically even though fire day is now uh, a professionally trained uh, equine <laughs> companion uh, conceivably balance melting pots and molds to make ammo whilst on horseback it was fine with the dragon like why not we can maybe take a day or two when we get to that Crusader thing, since we know that's going to be like a fortified, kind of safer area. We can stay there longer than it takes to do the horse drop-off. Because what's that going to be now, two days away? 
Yeah, probably at the end of the day, the day after tomorrow. Oh, so three days. Yeah. Uh, well, do we cool. think we'll then, run yeah. into stuff um, that we need to do 18 bullets worth of damage in three days? I have I have fabricate bullets as a backup for this reason that I can always cast. So Wow. And I do have adamantine rounds that I'd like to save, uh, but if we come across anything that would require that, then I won't need to worry about the mundane bullets. And that's not including the one in the chamber. <laughs> hey. Uh, so, okay. Let's... Asher won't stay up all night crafting ammo then. Yeah, I can make I can make 30 bullets for a level 1 spell. And that, like, creates them, creates them? Or they're temporary? I need a pound of soft metal. So if I can take one of your pounds of, like, lead that I assume you have, then it just makes it uh, into 30 bullets. Wow. That is game changing for me yeah, because it, it is a day. Whether I decide to make ten bullets or up to a thousand gold, it just it takes a day. Yay rules! Um, it it is a one round casting time, so it wouldn't take too long for me to do if we needed it. Wow, that's the power of magic. Yeah, maybe you can prepare that for tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> no, that <laughs> feels like a very obvious win. Jeff, would Asher have a preference on third or fourth? Because you can have it if so. No, uh, I'll I'll take the last watch. That's fine. I I do see, as you do, well in the dark. I don't mind. It'll be like waking up early, essentially. Yeah, I don't I don't do that. I'll take the third watch, and Kira will take the third watch. And I will roll perception. Twenty-eight perception. Yeah, with with a twenty-eight perception, everything seems pretty quiet again. Uh-huh doesn't look like anybody's coming after you or any horrible monster attacks just yet. Was I able to scout any locations for flowers? Unfortunately, these badlands are pretty bad for flower growing. So... Okay, but... But at 28, though. Yeah. I mean, maybe you find, like, one kind of trampled... A shrub... Like a rock crest with a little cluster of white flowers sticking out of it. But it's seen better days. That'll do. We'll intertwine those into the manes of all of the horses. <laughs> Alright, and um, Asher. Yeah, coming up on that fourth shift, waking up a little bit early, doing his morning prep while doing the watch, because that just sounds efficient. Ooh, solid perception for a total of a six. Six on the dice for a six. <laughs> well, with a six, the entire technically descends upon you. Um, it's a CR 35 encounter. Roll for initiative. Come at me, bro. If we all don't roll, he'll have no choice but to continue anyway. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's quiet, you know, as the sun rises over the uh, eastern horizon... And the weird birds that sparsely populate the Numerian plains make their weird bird noises. It seems like you passed the night safely. Dope. Question, because uh, I don't think we actually knew the name of Aldrinard's grave until recently. Uh, I'm sure we knew it. Our characters knew it, but I didn't know it. Uh, we rolled knowledge local on Scrapple, but I don't think we rolled anything about the fort. Would that just be a local roll? Yeah, that'd be knowledge local. Well, hey, at least it's double digits for a 12. Is that even enough to know who runs this fort? 
And you know that it's you know, run by Crusaders. What did anybody else roll? I mean, uh, Asher knows it's basically a fort run by Crusaders on their way up to the World Wound. I got a pretty high one, but someone seems very excited Aww. that they may have an even higher one, so I'm going to let them go first. That's fine. No, I don't have a higher one. This is just <laughs> literally the first time I've ever rolled above, like, a six on a knowledge roll. <laughs> it was a 19, which I feel got, really yeah excited about but no no take we'll, we'll take a 21 yeah, but kira finally knows something about her home region <laughs> about the place where she was raised yeah uh so vargas got a 21 and kira got a 19 either of those get us anything yeah i mean with those you generally uh know that along the selen river leading up to mendev there are a series of small fortresses just like along the river uh, that are crewed by just like small groups of crusaders or soldiers um, and they're there basically to serve as resting places for travelers and resupplier spots for people going on missions further north. Algernard's grave is just another one of these that's in, you know been there forever probably crewed by a skeleton crew and just sits there and you know, welcomes travelers uh, when they need it. I'm imagining a 19 knowledge local for Kira looks like her sitting bolt upright from like sleep and reciting everything Sam just said and then just going back to sleep uh, and we'll have no memory of that come morning but look hey let us mark this day on which Kieran knew something good for her episode 40 folks yeah we're knowledgeable <laughs> yes that's big worldly that's and wise it's the title so we get back on our horses and mosey on towards Scrap Wall or Algernon's Grave. All right. And uh, for the morning's ride, everything seems quiet. You know, you're heading along the trail, making good progress. The horses are certainly beat walking. And uh, maybe you stop for lunch somewhere along the way, pound a couple goo tubes uh, that you've been keeping, you know, as close to the horse's skin as possible to keep them nice and warm. Um, around the middle of the day, um, clouds start rolling in. And um, it starts to, you know, smell like ozone as a, it looks like there's going to be a storm. Um, and, you know, if you keep riding further along, uh, you ride right into it. And um, you notice as this rain hits you, it hurts. This rain is, it's, it's almost oh, no. corrosive as it comes down. So uh, almost like, corrosive. Almost yeah, corrosive. Uh, yeah, it is uh, corrosive rain. So um, I think Kira would be, Kira and Vargas, and well, and Brixby would all be familiar with this. It's probably a new one for Asher, but uh, the rain coming from the sky is acidic to the point where it can hurt you. There's not a whole lot of shelter out here. So what are you going to do? Hide under the horses? <laughs> Hold our breath, jump into the bag of holding, affixed to Nathan's saddle. <laughs> put our Ride, Nathan. Nathan, take the wheel. Take <laughs> it from my hands. And open this bag every nine and a half minutes, please. Because <laughs> I can't breathe like in here four on my own. Pieces of like hollowed out bamboo just sticking out of the bag oh with us breathing. <laughs> just straws that yeah. bring the acid rain straight down. We're all snorkeling. <laughs> I mean, well, we have discussed canonically that uh, Nathan is an ooze, uh, so he might have some acid resistance, maybe, and he's huge. for us to 
kind of cover ourselves in his apparently limitless size. So that's what that's what we would do. Like just take shelter under the horses. Um, we said not a lot, not yeah. a lot of cover. But you didn't say nothing. You did. Yeah, not there like say a nothing. tree or something nearby. Or? Well, you could give me perception checks. Oh, consistent as the sunrise, Asher with a six. Oh. I rolled a six for a 15. <laughs> yeah, that was a three for a 12. So I think. Oh, we're fine. I think Asher gets a little bit of acid rain in his eye. <laughs> Just right in the eye. Ah. Uh, that was my first natural 20 of the night for a 22. Lowest perception on the team and somehow one. <laughs> <laughs> Second lowest. You have a positive bonus. <laughs> it seems weird, like, with the other stuff that you have, it feels like you would have high perception. Yeah. Are, are we having a skills off here? Because I definitely win in terms of having none of them. Except perception. Super good at that. Vargas, having lived in Numeria longer than anybody else, I think he's a an expert on what to do here, and maybe he can lead the way off the path in, to some trees that are thick enough to provide shelter to wait out the storm. Yeah, maybe he like points it out and then shows everyone how to like toss a blanket like into the lower branches to give even more cover or something. The poor dead friend blanket. I didn't say the dead oh. friend blanket. So now I gotta uh, roll acid damage on the dead friend blanket and it's gonna be full of holes. It takes five damage. It's basically destroyed. That's hard to stand. <laughs> it's yeah, it's no, it's one of those weighted blankets full of like little glass mm-hmm. beads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I they're fine. Those. those things are great. <laughs> oh, like I can't sleep without mine. It's, it's I think unfortunately a the acid corrodes the outside, and then we take slashing damage from the it's just a handful of beads from the glass. <laughs> well, mostly uh, it eats away. I think at the dye job, and instead of being like a solid color, now it's more of a tie dye kind of deal. Love that. Which is a win. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. We're doing great. Actually, it's been enhanced. It's the new book two look for the DFB. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. It's got some dancing bears on it. I'm very down. That's our vibe. <laughs> couple now couple we can DBs. Sell two versions in the merch store. <laughs> the very chill four. That's it. <laughs> We're changing it. <laughs> it still fits the acronym. It's true. We already got these jackets. I really want a jacket. I feel like year or like book five, it's gonna take me all of thirty seconds to be incredibly drunk after work and buy us all jackets. <laughs> <laughs> so if we already don't have matching back pieces, because uh, who needs a battle jacket when it's your back, baby? All right, so back to the game. Right, um, game. I'd say with um, Vargas's natural twenty. I mean that I would say canonically, it's not the dead friend blanket because you basically destroy whatever blanket you use to shelter yourselves in the trees but um it's the rain goes on for a couple of hours oh yeah we we used the no we used the quilt that torch gave us after we <laughs> saved the town it's like a it's got a square from each of the people in town that we've like hand prints from all the children <laughs> totally we're just Thank like ah oh, yeah like, each of the youths lovingly <laughs> stitched one in <laughs> Yeah, well, next time they can just keep that 20% discount, uh, but it's fine, whatever. I'm just glad you're not holding that grudge. <laughs> well, now you've only got 20% of a blanket left, and the rain has died down, but you lost uh, 
couple hours of the day, you're free to continue on your journey. I've, I've had, you know, already this episode, comical, bad survival roles. But one of the skill functions of the survival skill is to predict the weather for the next 24 hours. And so I just need to get a total of a 15 to be able to kind of see how long is this storm going to hold out, uh, which we already know now. But also... Should we expect more rain in the next day or so? Because that apparently could hurt you. As a natural 18 for the highest survival roll ever on the podcast by the Gunslinger for a total of a 22. How's the weather look over the next... Let's see if... Uh, for every five points I exceed 15, I can predict the weather for an additional day. So that's enough to know the next two days nice. of weather on our journey. Wow. Meteorologist Asher over here. Oh, it looks like as long as the wind doesn't change too much, um, you're you're probably clear of the storms for the next couple of days. Yes, uh, according to my my friend, I learned this from a gnome named Doppler, and it looks like the next two days of weather we can expect as long as the wind doesn't change, we should be clear of more of this rain. I'd also love to retcon that while we're waiting under there for a couple hours, Bricks will have fabricated some bullets for Asher. And now he has 30 bullets. And I have one less first level spell slot. Thank you so, so much. Oh, yeah. That's big. Yes, that's our report from the field. <laughs> Back to you in the studio. <laughs> Asher, like, wakes up from a daydream and kind of looks around. Nobody knows what he's talking about. He just pretends like nothing happened. Um, well, it uh, seems like we can ride on and hopefully find cover if we need it again. But all the more reason not to lose time than away, Nathan. And that's also <laughs> spelled away, like I-G-H. <laughs> Very nice. All right. Well, it looks like uh, the rest of the day passes relatively quietly. No more burning rain coming down to remove your skin or anything fun like that. Are you keeping an eye out for more shelter this time around, or are you just looking to, to camp wherever you hit when you get tired. I think if, if we can find shelter, that's probably good, right? Mm-hmm. I would agree. Yeah. It'd be terrible if that happened to us in the middle of the night. So. Oof. Ugh. God. I would say uh, sur- not quite as impressive. Oh, sorry. Were you about to roll a survival check? It was a dirty 20. Nice. Mint chocolate but crit. It doesn't count because I didn't ask for it yet, so... <laughs> I would say um, with a dirty 20 at uh, this time Asher is able to sort of follow stone formations uh, off the side of the path over to um, a spot where there's some bigger rocks that sort of can have like overhangs and stuff you can tuck yourselves under a bit and have a little bit more safety certainly be better hidden from the road sounds good are folks fine with the same watch order as the night before I guess before we start to settle down Bricks would turn to Kira and Fargus and be like um, as far as what I can do for either of you uh, and for the folks listening at home I've shared the spells that overlap with both of them so if y'all ever want to let me know what scrolls you want me to scribe it'll take me two hours I can probably do one a night I was going to likely do a large person for Kira tonight and then I'll do whatever you want for you tomorrow, Vargas. And you can also borrow my book again if you need to. 
Oh, don't like that map there, Sam. <laughs> what? It's, it's rocks and a campfire. It's nice. I mean, it's a great map. <laughs> the map itself is wonderful. And uh, half a yam. Um, it's a rock. And half an avocado. <laughs> Okay, the fact that, that, that got me. Yeah, those are good. That was honestly really well done. That's not even a joke. Those are what those things look like. And <laughs> 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 my, my volume was turned off, but I had a hearty guffaw at that half a yam. <laughs> sky metal. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Sam, uh, that's a sky metal from, from Jeff. Oh, I heard. me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I was going to say, Kira would have asked about the... If you're making papers that can do stuff, and you can do the thing of where you get really tall, it's just that canonically I'm taller than Vargas because I have this sticker, and so I could do that, but um, more? And that could be fun. Yeah, yeah, bigger stuff. That's exactly what I'm going for. Right, I can do that. And uh, he will settle down um, that evening spending the five gold uh, for folks at home you have to spend half the base price it's under 250 gold pieces uh to for the base price of the spell it only takes two hours otherwise it's one day for every like thousand gold pieces that the spell is so it gets really laborious when you get up to like high level spells but right now for this low level stuff it's doable in a night so that's what i'll set out to do during mine uh my my watch then all right why don't you roll a perception check while you're at it? No reason for me to do this because we're totally safe, but <laughs> uh, 18 on the die for a 27. I've been rolling fire tonight. Wow. Well, the first thing you notice, uh, sitting by the fire and you know, scribing away at a, a scroll, maybe copying it out of your book, is the sound of light footsteps somewhere out in the darkness beyond the the edge of your dark vision it was very quiet at first but it, it you know sounds like it's approaching uh larry's position uh the first thing he would do is uh take a five foot step towards kira wake her up um yeah there's footsteps approaching quietly go get vargas um and with that, we'll head towards Asher to wake him up. And um, as you're headed over to Asher and Kira's waking up, a petite woman steps out of the darkness. She's human, probably. Her, her hair is a, a bright, fiery red, and her skin is, is pale, and it's covered with dozens or even hundreds of superficial scars running in every direction. They're hooked metallic barbs sticking out of her skin on the the sides of her jaw on her neck on her forearms and her eyes seem to glow like literally glow like there's a light source inside of them projecting itself out and a strange disconcerting aura hangs around her body like there's a shadow that that you can feel more than you can see she's smiling and those uh large glowing eyes never blink as she uh steps towards the campfire and it just stops. That's about close enough. And she state your business, or I'll separate you from the lower half of your body. Uh, her, her grin gets wider, and she says, Come on now. I wouldn't make a hostile move. 
I am simply here to visit. Yes. Say hello. Hello. All right. That's going to be a big sense motive for me, dog. Uh, I encourage you all to sense that motive because I'm not doing a good job. <laughs> That's a three on the die for an eight. Um, so Briggs is like, oh, hello. She's cool. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, totally fine. <laughs> Uh, Vargas, does Vargas recognize her or no? Oh yeah, Vargas knows her immediately. Okay, that's what I thought when you said scars, and I was Push not mark, expecting this. Is this the character I think it is? Um, from your intro? <laughs> that's kind of who I'm thinking it is. <laughs> it might just be. Okay, if that's who it is, like, he's not going to do a sense motive. He's going to get up and attack her. Oh, okay. <laughs> and she's just standing like there smiling. Straight up rolling a niche going to run at this person in fact i think he would cast bladed dash oh right <laughs> yes right through that yeah, fire through the fire taking whatever damage that would be to go through it all right um yeah i would say make a reflex save to go through the fire to to have the damage i'm gonna cut it that is a six plus four that is a ten okay so that's uh five fire damage running through the fire and then uh, roll your attack. She just stands there. I really like the idea that Kara's like, hey, Vargas, there's a... Oh, okay. The that is an 18 to hit. Um, 18 seems to hit. We'll roll damage. Eight points of uh, magical adamantine damage. And uh, she seems to just shatter and crumble into dust. And she's gone. And I'm going to need everyone to roll for initiative. Does everyone immediately start hearing the Under the Hill battle theme now instead of combat? It's like I hear that as I get on the train in the mornings. <laughs> Alright, so what did Brixby get? Four on the die for a seven, Sam. Very nice. And um, how about Vargas? Uh, Vargas got a four on the die also, but for only a six for him. That's fun. How about Kira? Uh, it's an 18 on the die for a 23. Wow. And uh, Asher? Asher, not the tallest nor the fastest, gets an 11 on the dice for a 15. So once again, Kira is the fastest. You just saw Vargas wake up and um, absolutely shatter a weird red-haired woman who was just here to say hello. And it seems like something is off, like there's still someone here. What do you do? Uh, I mean, first she would say to Vargas, are, are you okay? What happened? Um, and then sensing something off. Is that going to feel like a perception or? I have a knowledge arcana. Yeah, I would say a perception would be the way to go here. Yeah, uh, 23. Huh, with a 23? Nothing. That's not great. Okay. So I think she, uh, well, she'll move closer to uh, Vargas and just everyone, but all, but more like um, trying to like, hey, it's okay. This is fine. I mean, something is weird, but um, please calm down sort of thing. Um, and I'm going to figure out how to move because I remember how to do that. And I'm just going to stand here. Oh, I hope I don't regret that. All right, go ahead. End of turn. All right. And after Kira's turn... All of a sudden, I guess I'll, I'll roll before I say anything happening. Um, how does 
24 hit um, Vargas's flat-footed AC. Surprisingly, yes. <laughs> well, appearing directly in front of Vargas is Garmin Ulrich, but he <sighs> does not look right. He oh, no. is oh, pale oh, no. to the point of being almost black and white and looks like his mouth has been sewn shut and that rapier that he just stabbed Vargas with, that's embedded in his arm, like sticking directly out of his right arm. And that stab that he just hit Vargas with, that's going to do a lot of damage. Oh no, no, no. Oh yay. That's 16 damage and one bleed. So Vargas is currently- you take that on my turn or his? Ah, uh, you take that on your turn. And um, he's done. He has appeared from invisibility and stabbed Vargas. And it is Asher's turn. Would you say that during that exchange of, being, of waking up Vargas, that Asher would have been woken up, or is he still prone on the ground? Well, I went to wake you up when Kira went to wake up Vargas. Yeah, so you had as much time to get up as Vargas did. Okay. Nice. Then, being as though Asher is vertical and armed, he will take a five-foot step to the northwest and take a shot uh, off on this old weird super bizarre Garmin with uh, orange cream scroll. Feel juicy. Not as juicy. But still a 17 against touch. A 17 will hit touch. Because he hit with a ranged attack now, his ally is within 10 feet, which at this point is not Vargas. Uh, will get the benefits of his precise shot. Ugh. Only minimum damage forever. Uh, that is two points of bludgeoning and piercing damage. Does that seem effective against this monstrosity? Ah, uh, yeah, it, it does seem to go through. Could, uh, before his turn ends, could he roll a knowledge local? See if he knows anything about what's going on, or that be engineering? What's up? It'd be a knowledge planes. Okay. Put the dice down, uh, and... Since I've only taken a five foot step, I still have a move equivalent action and will reload, chambering a newly fabricated round of ammunition. Ending my turn. All right, and um, that takes us to Brixby. All right, and um, watching Asher chamber a Brixby bullets bullet. Damn, damn. <laughs> I was um, literally and- typing that in the chat. <laughs> damn it, Zach. Uh, I'm taking a five foot step to the north. I'm just always thinking about my IP, you know. Taking the advantage of precise shot, he is going to level his hand and shoot out a scorching ray of fire towards Garmin. Um, he does not have knowledge planes, so he can't roll knowledge, but he can roll to hit his touch AC. That's a nat one. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to do it. So. Um, and yeah, that's it. Five foot step and a, uh, that and, uh, yeah, I don't really have any other move actions that I, I'm good. I'm good right here. All right. That brings us to Vargas, the shatterer of 
Um, mysterious night visitors. Illusions. <laughs> he is going to be confused for a second, but then he is going to immediately attempt to spell strike, spell combat, Garmin. So first, have to roll my concentration check. Uh, actually, the very first thing he's going to do is swift action, spend an arcane pool point to enhance his arm. Then going to roll concentration. So it is a level one spell I'm trying to cast. So I got a DC 16, or no, DC 17 plus 11. Uh, so it's a 12, so that's a 23. So he's able to cast. So he's going to cast Shocking Grasp. Uh, is Garmin wearing metal armor? Uh, he is wearing studded leather. Does that count as metal? I don't think so. So that is going to almost certainly be a miss, because that is only going to be an 8 against regular AC. Yeah, that's a miss. Okay. So then he will take his normal attack. This will be at a just flat. No surpluses or minuses, because it's a minus 2 from the spell attack. Or, I mean, the spell combat, and it's a plus 2 from getting his arm fancy. So that will be a 21 for his regular hit. I'm afraid that's a miss. Ugh. That's not good. Uh, that is his turn. Alright, Kira is up. Okay, um, well because I knew this all by myself and not because the rest of my castmates just told me, I will not uh, <laughs> take, um, take that acrobatics check to pass through that square. Um, mostly because I think that would be too far. You can move half speed, right? So I wouldn't be able to make it there to the other side of him from Vargas anyway. Um, right. I'm, I'm assuming that's correct, and then someone will jump in if I'm not correct. And instead, I'll just do a regular move, sidle on up next to Vargas, um, and kind of give him a glance. I'm like, I hope you're okay. I'm sorry I told you to calm down. You should not calm down. This is a time to be angry. And <laughs> saying so will rage. Um, and then attack with the longsword was, I think, we named Ethel unofficially. Thank you, Jeff. Did the acid take your greatsword down to a longsword? <laughs> That'd be really sad. So it's, a, it's, a, it's both great and long. Um, nice. Okay. That is six, 20, 26 to hit. Does that work? Yeah, 26 hits. Okay, great. Six plus nine, 15 points of damage to this person who stabbed her friend. Wow. That is a... You jerk. That is a big chunk good hate small chunks so on his turn he's been basically horribly slashed with this great sword right across the front but it almost seems to start to knit itself together as he's standing there and he takes a step back and in, he starts chanting like some sort of profane um it almost sounds like he's preaching, but it's like impossible to understand him through his sewn together uh, lips. And as he's just like, and giving some sort of horrifying magical sermon, I am going to need everyone to make a will save. All right. Is this a spell or spell like ability? Uh, I believe it's a supernatural ability. Natural 19 for a <gasps> Me too. 
Oh, not for a 25, though. Okay. Oh, wait. Yes. Yes for a 25. Natural 19 for a 25. What? Oh, I forgot. I'm still raging. We'll save twins. Right. It does not forgive the uh, potential title, Jeff. I saw that in the chat. I am nauseated. Izzy, me. I will be rolling at a minus two for the rest of the night. Nice. And uh, what? how about Brixby? What did you get on the will save? Uh, wheel and woe, I rolled a 20 on this one, giving me a 24. All right. And Vargas? Vargas, with the same bonus as uh, Hira, got a 12 by rolling a natural six. All right. So a couple things are going to happen. To borrow a phrase, Vargas is going to take 16 non-lethal. Uh, everyone else is going to take 8 non-lethal. Um, and Vargas is staggered. Vargas is unconscious. Oh. oh, no, honey. Now, non-lethal will not drop you below zero, correct? Right. It'll knock you unconscious. Yeah, so he's just at zero unconscious. I'm sorry. Can You, you said eight, right? Yeah. He had uh, 14 hit points left. All right, and that is the end of Garmin's turn. Quick request, and we can cut this out if the answer is a hard pass. Can one, actually, really any of you probably can do that thing of where we explain for new listeners and people new to Pathfinder, not myself, uh, what non lethal damage does. And then we, uh, the more you know, star comes up. When non lethal damage, which is tracked separately from. Um, lethal damage uh, reaches your threshold of zero your character is knocked out but you don't immediately start dying it um i think with magical healing basically like every point of healing heals one point of lethal and one point of non-lethal so you basically get double healing and for the people not as who don't know the threshold that you mentioned isn't this is your current hp total not your max if i remember correctly yes no absolutely mm-hmm. Yeah, since this was two over my current, it's basically whatever it would take to reduce you to zero. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, so just for anyone who's new to Pathfinder, not me, um, <laughs> that, that was our educational segment. And then if you would just imagine the non-trademarked version of the, the more you know star. Thank you. Oh, uh, fun fact about this specific ability that Garmin just used. Vargas would normally be unconscious. He is conscious, but helpless. So he's at zero HP and he basically is falling down and can't do anything, but he is still conscious. That's a weird... That's a weird one. And uh, it is Vargas's turn. Not Vargas's turn, Asher's turn. We're 40 episodes in. I know everyone's names. I was testing you. Is that to say is the turn order slowed down? Uh, man. It's, so it's nighttime, right? Yeah. We're going to go to bed, back to bed after this, potentially. Yep. Sounds like the prime time to spend a swift action and, and smite evil. Does it seem like it's effective against this planar monstrosity? Probably. And does Would Asher know? necessarily uh it would it would matter if you want to do the damage calculation on your end by all means all right it's evil let me look at it (laughs) (laughs) sometimes you can just tell uh i was hopeful but beyond 
Uh, so he does. He he looks at this creature of nightmares, uh, and leveling his pistol, says, "I don't know what happened to you, but I think putting you out of your misery is the only thing we could do at this point." Uh, and he will fire at his smote target. Uh, that is a... Uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, that is a 21 against <laughs> yes, touch. Yes, I will hit. Thanks to the charisma bone. It's been a, it's been a long time since I've smote. Like, it's been a while. Uh, well, usually everything's so nice. That's what I think of when I think of Numeria. <laughs> All the, the travel brochures are like, it's nice Numeria. <laughs> uh, in that case, there's going to be... A D8 plus four, because I'm a paladin three, for nine points of damage, bypassing any DR if it would normally apply. Does that like add any sort of types of damage to it, or? It does not. It just makes it bypassing. Okay. So it doesn't like make it like good damage or holy damage or anything. I don't think so. Not that that has any like mechanical vulnerabilities or anything. Uh, but no, I, I don't think it changes. Okay, good to know. And um, he looks like, I mean, that was a bullet straight to the chest, basically. He looks like he's ready to collapse, but not actually collapsing. And we are on Brixby. Um. Alright, uh, well, I guess since he's looking close to death, he's going. that's going to change my plan a little bit. Um, and Brix is going to attempt to do the exact same thing, extend his hand out, and send another Scorching Ray, taking advantage of Asher's shared precision. Alright, and that is a 17. Uh, 17 hits. Um, a touch, obviously. Uh, do me a favor, roll spell resistance. Yeah, happy to. Uh, that is a 16 to overcome spell resistance. Meets beats. Buddy. Alrighty. So now, Scorchy Ray, it hits, and it does not do a lot of damage. It does four damage. And the weird zombie-ish Garmin Ulrith falls to the ground. Bricks looks satisfied. Honestly, uh, Garmin was the one that got away from him. He threw a lot at him the last time. <laughs> so now the mortifying nature of this will come in later. Uh, but uh, Vargas, are you all right? Well, I'm assuming he just, his eyes like roll over to look at him because you said I'm conscious but paralyzed. Unless that ended when he died. No, in, until he's healed, Vargas can't do anything. Asher will step up and lay on hands for max six healing. Okay, and we said that does double for the uh, non-lethal? Yeah, it heals lethal and non-lethal at the same time. Yeah, it heals uh, six of each. Okay. Um, oh, so that's actually... when you said double, you meant like it heals the same of each. Yeah. Okay. All right, so he is at 20 HP with four non-lethal, so he is up and relatively healthy. I think he's going to get up and he's going to look around and he's going to say, The woman, where'd she go? Um, can we roll a retroactive spellcraft on that? Yeah, you can. Well, I only threw a 5 at that for a 14 as Bricks begins to rifle the corpse. So that spellcraft roll was a 14? Yeah. 
Um, let me see. I Vargas will not make one because I feel like he's too upset to figure out that that was obviously some kind of illusion. <laughs> yeah, you can't tell with um, with the fourteen what that was. It was. Some kind of illusion. Yeah, it was some glamour, uh, but I don't think she was here. Yeah, what happened to this poor bastard? Vargas, did you know who that who that first person was? Uh, yes, but. You're, you're sure it was some kind of illusion? I'm not totally sure, but, uh, yeah, this, this whole situation reeks of a, a, a magic from beyond the plains that I don't understand. Uh, so. would a 24 spellcraft do anything for it? Yeah, that'll tell you that, um, now based on what you saw, Oh, uh, you were looking at a, a fearsome duplicate. Uh, I think Kira's going to hang with Vargas for a little bit and just make sure he stands up, I guess. Yeah, he seems, like, really shaken, and you can kind of tell that it's more from seeing that woman standing there when he woke up than it is from almost getting killed by zombie Garmin. Yeah, so she'll hang there for a little bit. Um, I know that you're mad at me or something so we don't have to talk about it but if you want we can or you could have another sticker I'll just I'll just wait here until you're okay and then like makes a half <laughs> half effort to like do a regular perception thing just on the ground immediately in front of her no there's nothing here I don't know if there's nothing here <laughs> this dice is hard to read nope that's a one there's nothing here <laughs> Well, Brixby's search of Garmin um, reveals a, a potion of invisibility. Uh, plus one studded leather armor is what he's wearing. Uh, a buckler and a hand crossbow. And he does have uh, what looks like a masterwork rapier um, implanted into his right arm. It um, looks like it's probably useless to anybody but him, though. Uh, Brix will turn around and say, I, uh, I found some armor with an enchantment on it. It might not be as good as what anyone else has, but it's no use to me. However, if uh, no one has any opposition, I might hold on to this uh, invisibility potion here, seeing as it allows me to do more damage. Yes, by all means. Asher will uh, place another lay on hands on Vargas as he Walks past to kind of peer around, make sure there's nobody else coming. Five points of healing. Nice. I heal others better than myself. And the most, the the least perceptive of the bunch will just kind of peer around with his 60 feet of dark vision as he kind of makes sure nobody else is coming. Ooh, a 16 total. That's uh, <laughs> almost as good as you will get. Yeah coast looks clear. It looks like you're all alone with um, dead Garmin. I am very interested to see who did this to him. Who sent him to us. Uh, our previous assessments have him separate from the business under the hill. Related to the rope fist, yes. Possibly the cutthroats the technic lake but this 
This looks even, shall I say, creepier than what they're inclined to normally do. Hey, hey, Brix, does it, um, does this look like what they did to that dragon? Only different because of how he has a face and a mouth and all that stuff. Um, again, I'm not quite sure because I lack knowledge on this, but it seems as if whatever mutations or, or changes we've seen here come from something not of this material plane, as opposed to we're not quite sure where technology comes from, but it um, it doesn't follow that logic at all. Given that these Technic League, at least Garton, is going to experiment on children and things of that nature, I wouldn't put it past them to be channeling energies beyond our plane into malicious intent. I was also super wrong. Garmin was working with Mayanda. Totally forgot about that. Forgot about that. The folks listening at home, you were right. If you were like, what? It's <laughs> this wrong. guy. But that's, I that's uh, one of those patented <laughs> pot against the machine quizzes. And uh, you, passed. you got a 100. You passed. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I guess this does mean that this could potentially have come from Hellion. This could, I mean, we don't know where Garmin went, but uh, if he didn't have many friends in town, uh, he, it's plausible he could have rode north to Scrapwall. And if this is what Hellion does to things, then gosh. That's I'm wondering if this was like some kind of punishment for screwing up in Torch and losing the uh, relay. Yeah, it's reasonable. I mean, it's not reasonable, but it's reasonable to believe that. <laughs> yeah. It's a reasonable response. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it, you know? Y- you need a power relay, arm. someone loses it, you just sword arm them. Mouth. Just stitch so up their mouth. Yes. Have no mouth, and they must scream. <laughs> no mouth, and I must stab. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> App title. Uh, with this potentiality of Hellion's involvement, and Hellion's ability to grant spellcasters divine magic would a knowledge religion help at all even though it's there's an extra planar thing going on um you could give it a shot let me shoot my shot to coach yeah I'm not throwing away my shot total of 11 (laughs) (laughs) 17 on the die for 26. Knowledge night. Wow. Well, I think Brixby can be pretty confident that this isn't a specifically divine spellcasting sort of thing. You know, whatever happened here, I mean, it wasn't done by a divine spellcaster. This isn't the, the product of like any anything specific to the gods. This is definitely extra planar in origin. Yeah. And we also now rule out that he's a juju zombie, even though we already knew that. But I mean, the amount of times of the Hetuath thing and everything <laughs> else, we're just like a little testy about anyone remaining dead at this point. Because, um, yeah, people come back from the dead like it is like days of our lives or something. It's crazy. No one truly dies. Sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, do folks. Uh, want to remain here I will say the one thing that I'd like people to maybe consider as we do our um, our watches tonight 
is uh, how did he find us? Numeri is a big place, and sure, we're right off the main trail, but, um, you know, I, I don't know if anybody will know anything right now, but um, something to mull over. Also, Kira, I, uh, I made you this before the whole thing happened. It's the get big paper. Thanks, Brex. I'll uh, treasure it always until I use it, and then I and then I guess I can't treasure it. I probably can't treasure it anymore after that. But I'll remember. I'll give you more to treasure in the future. Okay, yeah. thanks, Deal. Uh, and then Kira will turn back to Vargas and just kind of stare at him for a minute, and then, and then say, um, "Do you want to stay here, Vargas?" I. I think that it would be prudent of us to move camp. Like Brixby said, we don't know how Garmin tracked us, how long he's been tracking us, but if he had friends or if we're leaving some kind of trail, it's probably better to move camp than stay here. Among my many concerns with this development is the possibility that given... Garmin and Nixario seem to be somewhat inseparable. If he was captured and changed, whether that be by Hellion or the Technic League, we may see her again in an unfavorable situation as well. If we've been located by mundane or magical means, I don't know whether the moving camp will necessarily make a significant difference. It's possible we can rest here, and whoever was following us, if there are others, wouldn't be able to send another party out right away. We could rest and have our energies to move on before anyone else would come here. I would concede that um, I think if there were alternate forces that could strike us tonight, there's no reason to spread them out. They would have snuck up on us when Garmin attacked us from the front. Uh, he's a tactical fighter, and I'm not quite sure how much Garmin is still left in, in this, or was. But, Asher brings up a good point. Uh, we were really scryed upon, um, which is a form of divinatory magic that I am very unfamiliar with. Or perhaps we made... Um, Possibly run afoul of one of the Black Horse tribe and shared some information, not considering our blood debt cost. Uh, could also be bad luck. He could be following us ever since we left at some distance, waiting for the right night. But he trails off again, just kind of looking down at the gruesome, macabre, twisted. Yeah. This is some real John Cuthon kaiju yeah. pain stuff. This is just Zach saying this, like, <laughs> but like, wow, wow. And he had spell resistance. Just wacky. I'll do a heal check and just kind of get an idea, if we can, of how long ago this may have happened. I don't know how, or if we can get any sort of insight from that. Uh, with a 12, I'm, I'm sure not a whole lot. Yeah, with a 12, you can't really tell 
how long ago this would have been. Um, but looking him over again, it looks like his wounds have been patching themselves up this whole time. And he's still laying there inert, but he's not bleeding anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> do I have time to to try to splash you with the acidy? Because it's the easiest thing for him to do. It's right. There. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he hasn't true. done anything. He's still just laying there. So Briss is going to see the wounds heal, um, since he has no other attack cantrips right now. I guess he has disrupt undead, but he doesn't think this guy's undead. He's just going to kind of casually turn in conversation and be like, oh, hold on a second. <laughs> All right. Just uh, do three acid damage to him. And it seems to burn him. And um, yep, he doesn't seem to react. It seems totally motionless, just laying there. I'm very worried about this. Uh, I don't want to be too gruesome, but if this thing is in one piece, it seems like it might stitch itself back together. I don't know what we want to do if we want to burn it. Drag it over to the fire. <laughs> if we want to, like... But, I mean, I've now hit it with fire damage and acid damage. Um, I... And, you know... That's There's... Much. I mean, we gotta bring him down to con, I guess. At this point. I said we just drag him... I'm gonna drag him towards the fire. Yeah, I was gonna say, just toss him in the campfire. Maybe I won't drag it. <laughs> I'll leave the dragon to the better equipped to drag. Well, we don't get a montage of Brixby alone <laughs> dragging a human man rolling. every single way. <laughs> oh my god. Five minutes past, he's moved three inches. Oh. You guys are like, no, it's you like, got it. Good job, Brix. You're doing great, Brix. Keep you know when like, the kitten in the cartoon will like, try and put, like, get on, like, on its back and try and push it with its hind legs? Like, come on, eh. <laughs> It's, it's so cute. <laughs> so since we're gonna sleep and gain all our stuff back anyway, uh, I am perfectly fine with burning my uh, level one corrosive touch spell and then using my other three arcane points to use it three more times to just <laughs> burn this thing to a crisp with acid if... Uh, it doesn't seem to be working in the fire. Uh, I mean, the fire seems to do damage to him the same as anything else. Um, um, if you also do the corrosive touch, all sort of thing. Yeah, because that's a uh, 4d4 for that, and I can do it up to four times. Um, does that have spell resistance? Because he would still have spell resistance. Not that it really matters, because he's uh, helpless. He would still get it. Uh, let's see. Um, versus SR plus four. So I'm assuming that means it has spell resistance. Yes, yeah. it has spell resistance. Um, so I get a plus four on that. Do you want me to roll it? Um, yeah, might as well see how many of those go through. So that is 23 for the first one, which... Does that beat a spell resistance? Yeah. Eight. So the first one is eight damage. So you look like he's still... Not at con. <laughs> I think 
at this point you you've done basically enough damage that he's a mangled um nothingness of a corpse kind of thing and if you just keep hacking away at him with the spells and leaving him in the fire and stuff you have more than enough to take him below con and down to like charred bits of flesh and skeleton yeah he's gonna say like I don't want to leave anything that looks even remotely still like a person we've seen had to come back yeah no one desecrates a corpse like the old very capable four <laughs> and hopefully he'll have the same deal where if he's still laying out here even if he starts regenerating when the sun comes up hopefully that'll do it if we didn't um, yeah I mean it looks like he's still slowly growing back even like laying in the fire like slowly re-knitting himself he has some kind of regeneration and you're just not doing the the right type of thing that to cancel it out don't love that for us uh do we have do, like any other weird cold iron anything else that we can try against this and it's only planes we could know about the creature type so yeah that's a like, we can figure it out for another level unless we run into a knowledgeable individual. Perhaps we take the time to bury him as macabre as that is. That way, if we are not able to stop his regeneration, we could at least hinder him from following after us. I am not sure that's the best idea. It's clear he's some different type of creature than Hatuath was since he was a divinely right wouldn't be divinely ways what would be the correct way to say like a somebody that you rolled <laughs> religion checks on uh yeah, i mean he was undead he was a product yeah, of he was an in intervention like mm. yeah. he's clearly not the same type of undead as hetworth but it could still be possible that the same types of damage will work on him, which means if we bury him, it would protect him from the sunlight in case that could possibly work on him as well. And we keep the fire going all night. The damage from the fire could at least hopefully offset the amount he's able to heal and whoever's on watch, keep watching. Just imagining someone just takes watch and stabs him every five minutes. <laughs> Hey, hey, stop it. Nope. Kingsley. It's just Kingsley. <laughs> just Poison. <laughs> Was that a hint? Is the only thing Scorpion that can stop Scorpion poison is the only thing that can kill him. Venom? You had the answer the whole time. <laughs> right under our noses. Um... Alright, so the only other thing I'm going to try, even though we know that he's not dead, is I have Disrupt Undead, so I'm going to try to fire off a ray of positive energy at him, um, but my first attempt did not overcome his SR with a 13, I imagine. And in case anyone's wondering at home about what spell resistance is, it's a little bit like Magical Armor Gloss. It just adds another layer into when you're casting uh, an attack spell against something. Most spells that do damage and harm other creatures, there's exceptions, like the lowly acid splash, are subject to spell resistance. With that, you have to roll a caster level check, which is your effective caster level plus a d20 against their spell resistance. If you overcome, you hit them. If not, you fail and the spell is gone. Um, 
Yep. It's cool. Yeah, the disrupt undead that um, when it eventually goes through, because that's just a cantrip, you can keep firing him. It doesn't do anything to him. He's not undead. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, yeah, I uh, I didn't think so, but just the chance of positive energy doing something to his body did not help. Vargas will also burn his last three arcane points to recast Corrosive Touch three more times, only one of which beats spell resistance and does 12 more points of acid damage just to try to burn more of him away, keep him down longer. I think we're just going to keep burning it then. Maybe try to take the arm. Alright, so we're going back to setting uh, watches and periodically re-dismembering the dismembered corpse of Garmin Ulrith. Yes. Jeff is very into that idea, listeners. <laughs> Just normal things. Just normal oh. BC IV. Don't love it. Someone even say thanks, I hate it. <laughs> Alright, I'm not going to make you roll perception checks over the night, because I think after this encounter... Everything else is going to leave you alone, you know, with the smell of burning human flesh in the air and all that good stuff. Um, so while the very capable four go to bed in their various shifts and the uh, body of Garmin Ulrith continuously regenerates, I'm going to bed. Oh, good night, Sam. Night, Sam. Good night, Sam. Night, Sam. Important question uh, before I stop recording. Do we continue to get XP? Can we just farm <laughs> stabbing farm Garmin them. over Absolutely. and over again? Until <laughs> we farm Garmin. Oh, against the Pot Against the Machine is property of its creators, all rights reserved. Pathfinder and the Iron Gods Adventure Path are properties of Paizo Publishing. Please visit them at paizo.com for more information. Theme Against the Machine, written and performed by our own Zach. Please consult the show notes for additional music and sound effect licensing information. Meet honey. Meet honey. Now it's now on I'm there. Recording. <laughs> oh, Chobani Dannon just rolls off the tongue like a good sound check. Chobani Dannon. Chobani Dannon. Chobani Dannon. <laughs>